Hi guys, welcome to Between Appointments Podcast. I'm Sarah, your host, and this is where I dive into conversations, topics, trends, and all the things in between that clients bring into the shop while I'm doing their hair. These conversations are so big, broad, and fun that they belong in the ears of many. So thanks for being here, and let's get into it. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Plastic Surgery Week. (laughs) I am going to be talking about plastic surgery, filler, Botox. I put up a few different topics onto my stories last week, and this one won like a landslide on votes. So we're going to jump right into it. I'm going to be sharing a couple stories about clients who have come in recently. That's how this kind of came up. And then my opinions on it in general as a hairdresser, because I think as beauty industry professionals, we see a lot of different work, whether it's plastic surgery, fillers, Botox, laser treatments, whatever. We see it all. And so I think over time we have a like low-key expertise on how to do this. And I think tying it into like the whole aging process is so smart. So kind of going over like what I think should happen during like your 20s and 30s, what I see working for people like their late 30s to 40s and then 40s, 50s and 60s kind of like going on. So there's little things that I think I've witnessed and myself and like slowly dialing in as I age because it's inevitable. And I want to embrace how I look as I age. And a lot of my clients feel the same way. Um, So yeah, we're just going to get into it. But recently I had two clients who were in and each of them this summer went and got some work done and they didn't tell me, which sometimes like my clients tell me like, oh, I'm going to do this. And like, they'll talk about the doctors and see if I've heard anybody who's gone to them. But these two both showed up to their appointments and I was looking at them as we were doing our consult and kind of chatting. And in my head, I thought, God, they look really good. Something's different. But I didn't say it. Of course, I compliment people when they come in if they look good because that's just my nature. But as I was like mixing up color for each of them, and these are two totally different appointments, two different days too. We're chit-chatting and they just like slip into the conversation. Oh, I got my eyes done. Oh, I got my neck done. And both times I like stopped what I was doing. I turned around and I was like, oh my gosh, I knew something was different, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And you look fantastic. And that's the way to do it. That's literally my opinion on it. Like little tiny touches to like help the aging process. And The eye lift and the neck lift are my personal like preference with this stuff because it's so subtle and makes a big impact. So um, when you get your eyes done, sometimes as you age, like because all that collagen elasticity like drops in our bodies, the skin hangs over the eyes. So you can even get your insurance to pay for it, which is wonderful. So you can get your upper eyelid and your lower eyelid traditionally your lowers you will still have to pay out of pocket for but it's a far cry from what you would pay for doing the uppers or doing an actual facelift so highly recommend I have had dozens and dozens of my clients do their eyes or their neck and no one has ever regretted it or had like a botched 
scenario, which I think is pretty cool. So the downtime is pretty non-invasive. Like it's just, I don't know, like it is such a cool procedure, I think, and such an easy way to help with the aging process. I know to get it covered by insurance, you would maybe have to wait till like a little bit later on, like 50s, 60s plus. But if you wanted to do it, I've seen women do it and they're like late 40s, early 50s, and it looks fantastic. It's very subtle. It's almost preventative because the skin hasn't dropped that much for you to notice a big difference. So it's kind of like this preventative measure. I've watched some clients of mine do, and it's phenomenal. Now, the neck lift I love because also like pretty non-invasive easier procedure. It's harder to tell as a hairdresser when you're like doing hair like from those scars with people because with facelifts you can definitely tell like around the hairline and through like the ear area that somebody's had a facelift just because you can tell how the ear transitions to the face and then how the scar tissue builds up. It's like a tell-all and I feel like it's very frequent that we see that and we can tell and it's less often that we see people who have really good scarring or work done that you can hardly see the scars around the hairline as hairstylist because you're placing color there so you can see it the client doesn't see it but I see less work that is done so tidily and well that I'm like wow you got a good facelift the face looks good but maybe like the stitching I guess that they do is a put everything back together could be done a little bit better most of the time. So anyways, um, the neck lift also like it just pulls things up and back because everything does start to drop. A lot of women, they like worry about that, like turkey, like gobble skin that drops down. And it's just so easy to like pull that up and open up that jawline. And oh my gosh, because I think a lot of women too, I guess people in general, but I primarily work with females and talk about these things. As they age, that skin drops and their face feels like it's a little bit heavier and like they are not overweight. They're not skinny. They're not fat, but their face looks different because their skin is dropping. And so the women who have gotten that, they look noticeably thinner through the face area, which we see because they wear clothes, (laughs) they're not running around in bikinis, but they still look fit overall but once they get that done they look so much more like toned and I don't know just their their jawline and everything just opens up in a way that gives them so much confidence and it's so subtle I just I love those two procedures I was pumped for both of my clients who came in getting that done this summer and summertime is the best time in Arizona to get that type of stuff done because we're all hunkered in people are traveling like you don't see a ton of people But in other parts of the country, it would make sense to do it in the winter months probably. That way you're like home, snuggled in, recovering from whatever you get done. But yeah, so that was kind of how some of these conversations came up. And then another client of mine, we were talking about it and, you know, getting like your boobs done or a mommy makeover, like the intensity of that and people not realizing how many questions you can actually like ask or things you can quest on different types of things like what would you want the nipple to look like like how do you want them to feel and just like 
where would you place the scarring? Like stuff like that. You can actually kind of tailor if you're with the right surgeon who is open or can explain to you why you would or wouldn't want to do it in the ways that you're thinking. So I think in general, just like having conversations with so many people about plastic surgery gives us as hairdressers a little bit of like an edge on this subject. I mean, people stare at themselves in the mirror, picking themselves apart during their appointments. And I was trained or I have always entered into like my appointments with clients trying to focus on the features I find really attractive or want to enhance or support more with their color, their cut, or how we style it because it gives them a confidence boost. And then I'm like, and that really is what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at your jawline that you feel like you have too much skin. I'm not looking at your eyes. I'm not looking at those things. I do know that they're there, but that's not what I'm hyper fixated on like most of my clients can be. So pointing out like you have really great lips or, oh, I love like this part of like your jaw or you have really beautiful cheekbones, like you have a great eyebrow, like let's not cover those up with bangs, just finding those little things to kind of boost their confidence and then navigate the cut or the color to support it. So as we see all this work coming in, we can always tell the shampoo bowl or while we're applying color, when people have had like work done to their face. Um, I had a gal, I had two gals actually last summer who had facelifts done and both turned out beautifully, but it was done in this way that they're, that's a little bit newer. They're not just like pulling the skin up and back and like just sewing into like the hairline. They're actually like removing part of the skin from your face because it just keeps dropping as you age. And then they stitch it around like your nose, like the base of it. So having a surgeon who's really detailed and can do that type of like plastic surgery around like it's just it was incredible to see and the recovery for it was a little more intense because it's a facelift and they just are but all of them are happy with it all of them spent a lot more money on it than I even realized I had no idea that facelifts cost what they did (laughs) I was like oh my gosh and I've heard of people spending more I had a client who traveled out of state and she paid $92,000 to get her face done it looks fantastic, but holy moly. <laughs> I mean, we all, again, get to spend our money how you want to. So I'm like, good for you, sister. If it makes you feel better, do it. If you're doing it for somebody else, you need to rework that there for yourself. But the clients who had the facelifts last summer, like, it's just been so fun to watch them heal because I had known them for such a long time that I knew, like, what they looked like. And they both were getting it done a little bit earlier than most people would think to do stuff like this. But it was smart because one of them was in her like mid early to mid 40s. The other one was like in her early 50s. Yeah, like around 50. Like, yeah, early 50s. And the plastic surgeons, they had said to them each like, I won't do facelifts on women over like 60 because there's too much elasticity and collagen loss that it's just not, it's not as great of a result. 
And so I like that that conversation is getting out there a little bit more on this like preventative measure. So doing a facelift in your 40s or 50s makes a lot more sense than going when your skin is already like really wrinkly. Like unfortunately for some people in their 60s and 70s who are struggling with the aging process, these things weren't available to them in their like 40s and 50s to do the preventative like procedure to make them feel better as they age. But now for them to go and get it done, it just would look almost ridiculous because we've seen them for so many more years looking the way that they have to then go to having like no wrinkles whatsoever would just, I don't know, it just wouldn't work. And it wouldn't look the same because there isn't that thickness against the skin from the collagen to help keep it plump. It would just look kind of like skin and bone, which I know all of us have seen those women who walk around with really tight facelifts because they got it a little bit older. That's what the protocol or like the, the thing was to do. And it just looks too tight, like even after it's healed for years. So that's kind of like the two cents I took away from it too, is if you're going to do a facelift, you need to do it on the younger part of your aging embracement moment versus waiting. Just do it because otherwise it's going to get too far in. You're going to get some surgeon who's going to overpromise and underdeliver, and nobody wants that, especially when you're spending that kind of money. So I don't know. That's my two cents on like facelifts versus eye lifts or neck lifts. I feel like you could do eyes or neck kind of at any age and see a good result. Facelifts, I think it's very like curated in a certain pocket of time. And I'll tell clients like if I've heard or seen somebody's work and it's been good or I've heard something different than that, I don't typically say don't go to somebody unless there's like a real like disarming scenario that I heard of. But for the most part, I would say like in Scottsdale, we're pretty lucky with options. It's really about finding the right like personality as much as it is like finding somebody who's done a lot of work on women who look or people who look like you because a transformation picture will blow anybody away and make them want to sit in your chair. But if their hair or their face looks nothing like all the transformations that you see on their like website or on their Instagram, you're in the wrong chair. You're in the wrong like doctor's office. You need to go somewhere where you see patients or clients that look like you. You know that they will nail it. You know that you will be happy and you know that they have like mastered that. I always thought of it like plastic surgery is a little bit or even cosmetic like surgery or cosmetic filler, Botox, any of that stuff. It's a lot like being a specialist in the hair industry. So if you think about it, there's so many different types of skin types, face shapes, eye shapes, noses, lips. For a surgeon or like a, a cosmetic nurse or like a medical, a med spa, for them to master all of those things would be quite a challenge or quite a feat. And if they do like good on them, but you kind of like really only have the ability to master or niche down into certain types of things and know how to do it. And I love that in the aesthetic world out here, there's so many options because there's like, oh, this 
this nurse injector is really good at lips. So you go to them because they study all different shapes of lips. They they look at like the person's smile. They look at the whole thing. So they really just hone in on the lip area. Or you'll find like there's cosmetic injectors who are really good with like jaw lines and cheekbones. And it's like, go to those people because they study that structure of the face. There's so many different ways that our bodies are designed that to say that you're the best doing it all, I mean, it's just not possible. Like it really isn't. So kind of finding like that person who knows how to do your type of human is going to be your best bet when you're looking into these things. It's funny too, because like the idea of a facelift, like a plastic surgeon would have to really have mastered like the shape of face you have, the type of eye shape, the type of nose, the type of lips in order to like, and they'd have to do that so many times, but how many people have that same combination of face features? Like, let's be real, probably not very many, especially not that many who are going into their office specifically and getting work done. So something to keep in mind, if you are shopping for these things, look for people who look like you, make sure they have good bedside manner, because if they're good in the consult and answer your questions, are thorough, are empathetic, are knowledgeable, they're going to be that way post-op. I just, I've seen it so many times where people go to the big flashy name for this or that mommy makeover or this whatever, like surgery. And then afterwards, like things kind of not go wrong, but things just come up and they are so ego driven because they have this reputation that's so big that they just blow off your little like, like complaint or like your like happenings after a surgery, which things happen after surgery, whether something went wrong or not, like they just can go a little bit off and they have to figure out how to help you navigate it and get things back on track. But if their ego is so big, like you're just, that's nothing. Don't worry about it. Like just do this, this, and this and kind of blow you off. That doesn't make you feel good, but they don't want to own that something could go wrong because their ego is more important to protect than making sure that the patient feels heard and seen and taken care of. So there you have it. That's my like two cents when you're shopping for somebody to do any type of work. That's what I would do. And I also, I said it before, I'll say it again. Don't spend the most and don't spend the least. It doesn't matter whether it's with hair or buying a car or surgery, like go middle of the road. I feel like they will deliver exactly at the place that you are hoping to get results because if you overpay, Sometimes they under deliver and you're just paying for like that really nice office or for their lifestyle (laughs) that they market very well. So keep that in mind. And again, like ask people, I wish that people were a little more transparent sometimes with getting work done because I think it is a very common thing, but it's such a hush hush topic that if more people did just kind of like open up and say, yeah, I'm doing this, like it wouldn't make you feel so bad about wanting it or getting it. And also it would help you navigate how to have the best consult and the best conversations with the the surgeon that you're trying to go see. Like I learned from a client, she was like, yeah, like I got my boobs done and I could actually 
like tell her what size I wanted the nipple and areola. I didn't even know that that was a thing. Like so interesting. And so I thought that was like good information to have because I would just think in my head if I were to go get my boobs done, I'm just stuck with whatever, but they can really do a lot, but you don't know unless people are open enough to share with them, with others, like what they've gone through or what they've experienced with plastic surgery. So I wish people were more open about it, but maybe, maybe as time goes on, it will get better. I don't know. And then it comes into like this place of like the filler and the Botox and like the threading and the lasers, all of that is also like a different like monkey. (laughs) And I, I will just say it. I think filler should not be allowed in women under the age of 30. I just don't. I think your skin is still too young unless there was like a medical reason for it. But I just think that you still have enough collagen and elasticity when you start to fill a human's face or inject with filler, you're stretching things and you're actually creating more sag for later. So as long as you, I guess, are aware of that, you're always going to have to maintain or you will have to do something a little bit bigger like a facelift potentially because of all the stretching that the filler can do to the skin. So then as you age, it will drop and cause more sagging or wrinkles or like looser skin. Like you have to be really, really careful about doing filler too soon, in my opinion, because we also have not had filler around for that long. Now, I'm not against it. If it makes you feel better, do it. But just keep it in the back of your head, like in your mind as you make these decisions. Like, if I do this too soon, am I creating a more expensive long-term problem that I am willing to deal with? Or should I just pass and focus on making my skin look really nice and doing a little Botox? Botox, when you like use that, you're paralyzing like the movement of the muscle. And I will say preventatively doing Botox in your 20s, people roll their eyes at it. It's a thing. Like stop rolling your eyes at it. It works. I'm in my mid 30s. I haven't gotten Botox in like two years almost. Yeah, it's been like two years. And I got Botox in my mid 20s, like one to two times a year. And then it would sometimes creep to three times, but really just like twice a year, I'd get a little bit through like my eye area, my forehead. And I will tell you the amount of fretting I have over my wrinkles is so much less than other women. I have heard complain about things with aging because that's where it shows up on a lot of us is through like our eye and forehead area. But having done that in my twenties, like it paralyzed the muscle enough that the movement's there. It's very natural feeling always on me because that's just my preference. I don't like to feel stiff or frozen when I've gotten Botox, but it's really slowed down some of that like signs of aging and wrinkling around my forehead in my 30s where I don't feel like I have to go as often. I see it and I'm like, oh, it'd be nice to get a touch up, but I don't want to feel so tight and like perfectly arched brows at this season of my life. Which is, again, another thing I love about Botox is it wears off and you still maintain like your face shape. It's it's great. And you're not injecting anything to stretch out the skin. You're not kind of like 
ruffling the feathers of your collagen and your elasticity. You're just helping them not form any patterns to create wrinkles around your eyes or in your forehead. I'm a, I'm a big believer. So Botox in your 20s is fine. <laughs> if you ask me, you can tell your moms or your husbands I said that. Um, I think it's good through your 30s. I think if you haven't started Botox in your 30s, when you start in your 40s and 50s, it's not bad to, but the thing is, is you will have to go more often because your muscles have been moving that much longer as you age than it had at 25 or 30 or 32. So if you're going to start doing it, just know you're going to do it more than somebody who's my age that's in their mid thirties. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it can get expensive. And that's where the idea of filler is kind of nice because it's going to fill up those areas that have created the creases or the lines or the wrinkles that you don't like looking at through your eye or forehead or jaw area. So filler, I think is okay if like you're late 30s, mid 30s, like approaching into your 40s and 50s because it will help keep things fuller and smoother that have lost their full and plumpness from your collagen and elasticity. But I have like, I have not done any filler and I have like these moments where I'm like, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I totally just checked in the mirror in my closet. Like, yeah, I'm not there yet. But I know at one point I probably will want to do something like around my cheeks just to kind of keep it full because genetically, as I have watched like my mother age and remembering what my grandmothers looked like, like they just that's where they lost some of their collagen and elasticity. Also, when we all smile, we have this more predominant smile through our eyes. So we pull things up when we smile And that's like stressing our muscles. So then they're going to get aged and weaker and they're going to drop a little bit. So keeping it in mind, like look at how your family ages. And I would ask, and I've asked my mom this before. I'm like, what parts of aging in your face or your body, like have you, or do you struggle with the most? Because there's a really good chance you, you would come up against the same feelings or thoughts about yourself and knowing what you could potentially do to preventatively nurture that. So it wasn't as hard of like a, oh gosh, like I got to embrace this. Like that's a really smart way of approaching aging in my opinion. So having those conversations, or if you have daughters, like when they're old enough, not when they're too young, even in high school, I think is a little bit too young to talk about some of this. Cause I don't think it's appropriate for girls to be like fixated on aging or looking a certain way before they're out of high school. But I think even just gifting that conversation to your daughters or family members, even men, like, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with a guy wanting to get a little Botox or filler as they age. It just makes them look more youthful and healthy. And that stigma has got to go too. So have those conversations, ask the questions, see what people say, Show up with kindness because getting old is hard and plastic surgery and fillers and Botox and all these things are just here to help us. But I don't think that it should be this cure all of making us feel better. It's just like a tool to help us get there, but we have to like mentally do it too. So 
that's my two cents. My last little nugget I would have to say is, oh, threading. I almost forgot to talk about threading. Um, I am not as knowledgeable in the threading world, but it's pretty cool. So they inject these like small little threads under the skin and it like can pull things up. So if you're not wanting to do a facelift, because that feels scary, that is an alternative. Now it is expensive. It doesn't last for super long. And by super long, I want to say it lasts for like two to four years, depending on the person, because over time your body just absorbs these threads that they put in and help pull up the skin and kind of lift the face. To my understanding, this is like, I'm not an expert. I'm not in this field, but I have heard enough from clients. And I think it's a nice alternative for me personally. I just don't like the idea of something living. I say that I'm like, let's put filler and Botox, but like, I just don't know if I want to have like a thread in my body. That sounds so <laughs> like weird to me, but I've seen it on a lot of women and it looks fantastic. And doing those things like in your forties and fifties, I think is a really smart approach too. So finding a medical like like an office where they have like nurses that are skilled in this, that's where I would go for something like that. I would not be going into just like a little like skin spa. I'd be going to like a medical like cosmetic office to do something like that. Personally, you just want somebody who's really trained who understands like the cellular and the genetic biology of how this affects you or how it helps you. So important. So that was the other thing I want to talk about. But the other thing I want to say is all of these things are great tools, but unless you're drinking water, unless you're aware of like your family's history with their skin, and if you're not taking care of your skin, none of this will look that good. Like I just had a friend in who's an esthetician and we were talking about this, but you can get all the plastic surgery, all the filler, all the Botox, but if you don't have healthy looking skin, none of it will matter. So drink your water, take care of your skin, go get facials or do at home ones, exfoliate because it doesn't matter if you have just mediocre looking skin. It's just like hair. Hair always looks better if it's healthier. Like it just does color cut wise. If you have unhealthy hair, it's not going to look that good. But if you have really healthy looking skin or hair, you will look a million times better than somebody who is spending money just to like get extensions and have it on unhealthy hair or get plastic surgery and have unhealthy skin. You got to walk the walk through and through on that. So, wow, guys, we just talked for like 30 minutes on plastic surgery, fillers, Botox, all the things. Anyways, I am so grateful that you guys tuned in and I hope this helped or was informative or gave you a different lens. If you have any questions, you live in the Scottsdale area or even up in Utah. I know of some good surgeons that we have family and friends that live up there and have seen. I even have a handful of clients who have traveled up to Salt Lake for plastic surgery, you know. There's a whole lifestyle there. They got to look good. Anyways, let me know if you have questions. I'm here for it. And I'll talk to you next week between appointments. Have a good one.